Hey guys, welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I have a fan favorite back here with me today, Layla Lopes. Good to Hi, see you again you. with some headphones on and a microphone in front of your face. Thank you. You're a fan favorite among wives, love when you're on, some husbands. That feels weird to say, but uh, <laughs> you are a fan favorite and glad to have you back. You haven't been back here since we moved, which is what we'll probably end up talking about that. I know some of you guys are considering moving, so we may hit that, like just talk about how and why we moved, why we moved. We don't really have any plan, specific plan for this podcast other than hitting a few different. It'll be a mixtape. It'll be a mixtape. Uh, that was a good little drop. There's a dad tired book called Mixtape oh, coming out. I'm going to that up for you. Pretty soon, but we're not supposed to talk about it yet. Okay. Anyway, so we'll talk about all kinds of different things. Homeschooling, friends, moving, grief, all that kind of stuff. Before we jump into any and all of that, uh, I do want to thank my friends over at Samaritan Ministries for sponsoring today's podcast. Layla, you've been in the medical field for quite some time. Yeah, 15 years. And you can probably attest to how quickly medical needs arise out of nowhere. Most people don't plan on being in a doctor's office or yeah. a hospital. You can't put that in your calendar. You never know when it's coming. Yeah. But I can assure you something's coming. Okay. Well, geez, Sorry, thank you for just, <laughs> God, <laughs> but it's always something, whether it's an ear infection or you break your leg or something even more catastrophic. There's, I mean, you can't get through this life unscathed completely. So <laughs> it's good to be prepared. It is good to be prepared. And that's where our friends, Samaritan Ministries come in. They connect hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation who care for one another spiritually and financially. When a medical need arises, you get to choose your doctor, your treatments, your hospital, which by the way, that's a great perk because being stuck in a system can sometimes be really difficult. And so the ability to just pick whatever doctor, provider, hospital treatment that you want, that really is a wonderful thing. After you do that, your medical bills are then sent to Samaritan Ministries. They notify members to pray for you and to send money directly to you to help pay those bills. It's biblical, affordable. The other nice thing is you don't have to wait to join. There's no like official enrollment time. You can just join at any time. And anyway, when the body of Christ comes together to pray, encourage each other, provide for one another, that's when burdens are lifted. God is glorified. And this applies to all areas of life, but especially to healthcare. If you want to learn more about this amazing community, you can go to samaritanministries.org forward slash dad tired. Again, that's samaritanministries.org forward slash dad tired. All right, Layla, last time we were in having these conversations together, with microphones and headphones in front of our faces, we were in Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. And we are now sitting across from a pond that literally has an alligator in mm -hmm. it. Yeah, we're in the low country. Which nobody probably knows what that means. We didn't know what that meant yeah, six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> we're in South Carolina now. Yeah. Why did you drag us all the way to this hellhole? Listen here. <laughs> First of all, I don't drag anybody anywhere. You know, I had my roots firmly planted in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. I was born and raised there and you did this to us. <laughs> yeah. So crazy story. Uh, we were looking to move. I don't want to get into like all the details of why we moved mainly because there's just like, I'll just put it out there. Frankly, the political environment is insane in Portland. And we're not just the environment in general, the environment in general. The slogan is keep Portland weird, which whatever, we were fine with that. I've lived there my whole life. It's a place of oddities and interesting people, but they took it real far, <laughs> real fast. So it's just getting hard to raise our young family there. We used to remember we would go on a, a date once a week downtown. Yeah, that was fun. 
We like tried to make a little thing out of that. I was like, trying to make like a vlog yeah, YouTube channel. That was fun. Yeah. I won't say any more about it because people will try to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we used to do like this little, we were trying to start this little thing where we would go downtown. It kept us accountable to going on a date once a week. Mm-hmm. And we would try a new restaurant. There were so many amazing restaurants. Oh, in Portland. Portland is a fantastic place for restaurants. The food yes. scene is nuts. Yeah, it's great. So we used to go down there once a week. We'd have grandma watch the kids. We'd try out a new restaurant and kind of do like a, we would rate it. Like, how's the food and all that? How's the service? And anyway, now you couldn't even do that. Like, I mean, you could, I mean, but people you, do, but you might get hit in the face with a rock or get peed on by yeah. somebody. Yeah. And yeah, it's just dangerous. It's crazy. It's yeah, hard I to mean, raise. Just like a lot of big cities across the nation. It's not just, we're not hating on Portland. It's just kind of a lot of big cities across the nation. Crime rates have spiked and Portland is unfortunately part of that long list of big, small cities for Portland anyway, that just kind of went downhill. It's really, really dirty now. And um, there's still a lot of great things. We don't have to go into detail about Portland in general or Portland specifically, but for us, it just didn't feel like a place we wanted to continue to try and make ourselves fit in because it just felt more and more like we were just didn't belong there, really. I will say, though, like I was born in California, so I didn't grow up in a place that's like overtly Christian or had like Christian. I'm used to like being in an environment where you're kind of the weird one if you're trying to follow Jesus and then moved to Portland when I was early in my 20s and met you, got married. You begged me to marry you. So I did got married and we settled there for, you know, the last 12 years. And I've always been okay being like seeing myself on mission. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, that's like, that's our thing. Like Mm -hmm. we want to be salt and light to a world that needs it. But it just became, there's a passage in the scriptures where Jesus says like, shake the dust off your feet Mm -hmm. and move on. And I did feel kind of a sense of like, I don't think I'm being effective here anymore. Like it was just so hard to build or relate, like the moment you decided or you brought up that you were a Christian at all, like relationship conversation ended mm-hmm. in Portland. And that made you, I'm not to say we need Christians there. Mm-hmm. Like we need people who are like, I'm staying here. I'm going to just love this city and I'm going to love people well. Like we need people like that. But I got, um, I don't want to say like I heard from God, but I just got the sense that's like, it's okay to move on from here. Mm-hmm. I felt okay, but it was hard. Like I'll say for people who a lot of you guys I th- have messaged me and like, Jared, where'd you end up? How'd you decide to move all this stuff? It's hard because a lot of you, you had deep roots there. Like mm-hmm. your family was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was born and raised there. All my family is still there. And that was a big, like, I mean, for the first ever of our marriage until like the day before we moved, <laughs> my answer was like, Hey, just you know, I can't ever leave here. Like, yeah. This is home. Grandma came with us. So that was really the thing. Cause I know a lot of you guys are like, how do we leave family? Grandma and Layla's mom moved yeah. with us. Yeah. So that was a huge reason why we were able yeah. to move. But still all my, like I left my brother and my sister and my dad and my stepmom and my cousins and my uncles and mm-hmm. any family gatherings. Like it is a weighty, weighty decision to leave family for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How we picked South Carolina, I had kind of put on Instagram like, hey, if you were going to move to anywhere in the country, where would you move? And one dude, a podcast listener. Well, first, quite a few people said South Carolina oh, with, in general. It was by weird. By far, like, like the number one. Yeah, we have it, 50 states and like yeah, what, half the people said South Carolina. What rose above all was South Carolina. Yeah, it was so weird. Yeah, so that caught my attention. And then this guy who I did not know at all, he's just a podcast listener, emailed me. And said, hey, dude, I, I heard or I saw that you're thinking about moving. 
if you don't make a decision on where you're going to move until you check out this town. I don't even want to say the town because I feel like it's a secret. <laughs> and I don't want everybody to know about it. Not that I wouldn't love for all of you. Yes. Wonderful to people to come be our neighbors. Yeah. But it, but is, it is already getting a little crowded. Yeah. It's town. a, it is just kind of this little gym in South Carolina. We moved to a little town in the low country called Savannah, yeah. Georgia. Stop. <laughs> no, we didn't. We don't live in the state of Georgia. First of all, we live near, like near the water, near the ocean and, but also near Savannah, Georgia. So it's a good, like, it's like what, 20 or 30 minutes to Hilton Head Island. It's yeah. like 20 or 30 minutes to Savannah, Georgia. You're just kind of in this spot that's like still kind of a small town, but has just enough of everything that you don't feel like you're like out there. It's beautiful here. It's pretty. Yeah. It's wonderful here. Anyway, he emailed me. He's like, don't make a decision till you check out this town. And we did. And it's awesome. And we love it here. And we're really happy. And we've met some really cool friends. Layla had a birthday here recently. And we had all these new friends. Our house was filled with people. I mean, we moved here six months ago. We didn't know anybody. And to have our house filled with people, families and neighbors was just so cool. Yeah. So anyway, I know that probably did not answer any of you guys' questions. You're like, how did you, we're thinking about moving. How did, can you help us? It's just so different for everyone. We said like, just feeling, yeah, not like we heard from the Lord and he told us to go move, but just like that it was okay for us. And that may not be the case. Like you may be living in a place that's kind of hard, but you may be called to stay there. So being hard doesn't mean okay to go. But for us, I think we were just at a place where for whatever reason, it felt like, it was okay to go. Did you mean being hard doesn't mean it's okay to not go? Both. I mean, it may be that you're like, hey, I live in this town and I also don't want to be salt and light here because these people kind of suck and I want to oh, go. Oh, hard and it in may, that way. Yeah, yeah. And it may be that like maybe the Lord has you there and he's asking you to stay in right. a hard place. Right. But also vice versa because it was really difficult for me to leave despite how hard it was also to stay. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. You've said this before, but I really like the way you said it. Something to the effect of like, even just because it, how did you say it? something? If you don't have peace about it, doesn't mean God's not calling you to it. Or like, even if it's hard, even if it's like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, people often talk about like needing to feel like the peace from God to do something. Like if you're in the, you know, praying about making a decision. And I said, I said, just I said, I think something like having peace about something isn't synonymous with like it not being hard. It doesn't mean that it's going to be yeah. easy or that it won't be, that it won't be just smooth sailing and God will just open all the doors and it's going to be great, you know, because sometimes you can have peace about something even in the midst of it being a really difficult thing to do. That's a good word because most people <laughs> will assume you God, why did God tell me to do this when I'm, I'm now facing so many closed doors? Yeah, right. Those two things don't have to be synonymous. Mm -hmm. Like there could still be tons of challenges. Yeah. You can have peace moving forward into a really difficult situation. <laughs> so it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean the situation will be easy. And that's what peace is. I would say too, don't do it if you guys aren't on the same page. Wait. Yeah. Like I could have moved year one of mm -hmm. marriage just because I love moving and I love new. <clears throat> and you were never, you weren't there. And, mm -hmm. you know, 12 years in a marriage. So. Don't pull the trigger unless you're both on board. I think that mm -hmm. that's a dangerous place to be and will cause a lot of bitterness. Mm -hmm. I just don't think the Lord would, you know, call you to different things, lead yeah. you in different directions. But pray about it together. That's the other thing. If you're just being stubborn, like I'm not moving or I am moving, spend time to pray together, mm -hmm. you know, actually go for it together. Hold each other's hands. Mm -hmm. Ask God, seek the Lord together on it. 
you mentioned that it was hard for you to leave because of your dad. Oh, Layla gave me the eye. Like, why am I bringing this? <laughs> yeah. Layla lost her dad this year. You've never really talked about it. Well, I guess I'll just let you share. Like, why was that so close? You knew this day was coming, but you were really pretty um, private about it. My dad, I've always been kind of a daddy's girl. So I've always been. Thanks a lot. Uh, anyway, really close to him. And like I said, I've always lived in Oregon and he's always, you know, he's always been close just geographically. So I saw him often when my dad was pretty young. He was only in his 50s when he began to develop symptoms of fast forward. What we know now was actually dementia or Alzheimer's. And he had the early onset version, which means basically young onset. So he's only about 55 um, when we began to notice that he wasn't quite the same and um, he died in May. So just a couple months ago at age 69. So it was kind of a long, hard, slow loss and a, a grief and this loss that kind of dragged on for really the entirety of our marriage. It was really about when we met, right? Mm -hmm. That my dad started showing symptoms. And so I feel like you never really got to know him like I did. And that was just a whole other layer of difficulty for me. Yeah. And I think just your desire to kind of protect him and his dignity. Yeah. I didn't talk a lot. I didn't talk at all about it. In fact, with anybody, you know, just like on Facebook, I'd share pictures of going out to coffee with my dad or things like that. But I never talked about his condition. I think just, yeah, just to protect his dignity. Yeah. I know this is fresh, babe. Uh, fresh wound. You have spent like, you know, 15 years walking people oftentimes into their last days of life as an oncology nurse mm -hmm. has, I guess I'm curious, how is going through this experience of death with your dad been different if it has been different? And if so, like how? Uh, yeah. Death is just such a interesting time to like the, moments leading to death and hours or days leading to death it all physically looks very similar you know from person to person a lot of the time at least in the case of like illness and my dad was at home when he died he was on enrolled with hospice and i was there but it is different you know but i did find myself bouncing back between like what i know as a nurse and wanting to care you know, I was the one like doing his medications and keeping this chart. And then I would kind of zoom out and be like, I'm doing this for my dad. This isn't my, mm. I'm charting on a patient almost, but this is my dad. And so I'd kind of like bounce back and forth or I'd, it was like my brain was like compartmentalizing what I was doing. And then eventually though, at some points, it, the realization that this is Baba, I call him Baba, which means dad in Farsi. The realization would hit me that this is my dad. But it's interesting because I picture him like he probably used to care for me in the, you know, like I, I was completely dependent on him, you know, when I was a baby and growing up. And so it's really a privilege and an honor that I was able to be there and care for him in that way. But also just really hard. Death sucks. Mm -hmm. It sucks every single time. <laughs> Two things have stuck out to me as I've you know, watched you grieve in this way. One is I just keep picturing we have three little girls who are daddy's girls. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. I, I just picture 
that reality for them one day yeah. that I, then I'm going to cry. This is gonna be, <laughs> that that will be their reality one day that yeah, they none will. None of us get to avoid it. Yeah, that they'll experience the loss of me, their dad and the pain that they will experience. And for me, it's just like been another motivator to what do am I doing? Well. Yeah, yeah. What am I doing? I want to do it well. And just watching you kind of relive the memories in your brain, you know, I'm like, what will the memories be for our girls, well, for all our kids, you know, obviously, but because you're experiencing it with your dad, it I think fits specifically for our daughters, but I'm just like, what will our kids experience? You know, what will the memories be for them of their dad? And it just re shifts priority. Death is such a good reminder yeah. of priorities. Yeah. And that's why I think that, you know, we've always talked about it because you're an oncology nurse, but I think we feel it even deeper now. And anybody who's experienced loss knows this, but man, it's just such a good reminder of how short and temporary this life is. And we're all going to be there so much sooner than we would like to think. Mm -hmm. And we're all chasing a lot of really dumb things Mm -hmm. that we should probably cut out. Not even necessarily sinful things, but just stuff that's like, does this how many things in my life can I fill up that will have eternal value? Yeah. That will make sense for my kids for generations. Yeah. We've talked about, I'm in a ladies Bible group and one of the questions talked about like, what vain work are you filling your calendar with? You know, cause we were talking about volunteering and like all these things that are good. And some of them are, you know, maybe it's something you are, you're feeling called to do. So I'm not encouraging everybody to just quit all of your uh, commitments, but but like how much of it is just like, I just feel like I should do this, you know, and it's maybe taking time away from other things that you should be saying yes to, but you can't because your calendar is so full. And even if that thing is just like being at home and absolutely doing nothing, but sitting with your kids, maybe read a book or color, just some unhurried time. It just, we fill it up for some reason. And I don't know. Yeah. I do vain th- work. Yeah. There's, there, there are a lot of busy Christians Yeah, for unnecessarily busy. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be busy with good things. I think busy, being busy with too many good things is a bad thing. Absolutely. I've always felt that strongly. We're, I mean, we are real homebodies, you and I, and, uh, but I don't feel bad about it. Like, I don't feel like, and part of me, I'm also, and I'm totally an introvert too. So I'm like perfectly content not being around a whole bunch of people, but but I don't think it's a bad thing. You know, I don't think we're like hermits or that we're. No, we have people in our house every day. Yeah, all the time. Right. I think that, you know, what's interesting is I had a. In- but it's because we're home and we can do that because yeah. we're not busy doing other things. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think there, I had a, like some guys that I really looked up to one time. I've talked to you about this before, but they basically said something along the lines of like, you know, you can idolize your family. Like your family can become an idol. Sure. And I respected these guys so much, but that still to this day doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And the context of the, con- yeah, the, the context, the context of the conversation mm-hmm. was like, you know, you should be involved more at the church. And yeah. so, like and don't prioritize physically being at the church yeah. building. Yeah. Don't, yeah. so don't prioritize so much time with your family, be yeah. here more. Yeah. And I'm like, um, maybe I'm open to the fact that I could be totally wrong on this. Like maybe I'll be 60 and understand this Mm -hmm. from an angle that I don't currently understand it. I'm totally open to that. But right now I think, and I heard, I actually heard Jeff Bethke talk about it. He's a friend of mine. He shared this on his Instagram recently, but I think it's okay for you as a young family to say the number one ministry that I am focusing on right now is to have a godly marriage and to raise disciples who Mm -hmm. love Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
I'm okay with that. And if you say no to a lot of things, even churchy things, Mm -hmm. good things to say, I'm pouring all of my time into making sure that my family is as healthy as possible. We love Jesus. We're on mission for God. We're raising kids who understand their role in the kingdom. I, I just, again, I'm open to being wrong on this. There's probably an angle I'm not saying, but I just don't know how that goes wrong. Yeah. I read something too recently. Funny we brought it up, but well, someone I think attributed it to Mother Teresa. But anyway, I think the quote was something like, if you want to change the world, then go home and love your family well. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. We just, I, I mean, obviously dad tired. That is, that's our whole mission. Like <laughs> out of all the things you could be doing, mm-hmm. figure out how to be the best husband, father, disciple you could possibly mm-hmm. be. And the world will change as a result of that mm-hmm. more than anything else that you could, you know, ministry. I listen, dad tired is crazy. Like the way that God has had his hand on dad tired from the start, it's grown. Tens of thousands of people are engaged with dad tired. I still believe the greatest ministry Jared Lopes has ever done is to be the best husband I can be, be the best dad I can be. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that will change the world more than the books, the podcast, Mm -hmm. the conferences. We just need more dads. Like (laughs) go home, love your family, Stop playing Xbox and fantasy football. Stop working unnecessary overtime hours. Be an engaged husband and father. Even if you don't know how, like even if you don't know what you're doing or what that would look like, or if you're envisioning that that means like sitting down for like some, I don't know, scheduled family time of like some Bible study and then I don't know, whatever. Like even with my own dad, I wouldn't say that I was raised in a Christian home, really. But one thing that my dad did do is he was home, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he worked and stuff, of course, but like, I don't have memories of him, like being gone at the bar for sports games or volunteering here and there doing other things, or he was just, he would go to work and then he'd be home. And, and be so present I, and he'd be, yeah, he yeah. was present. Like we would go out and like work on the tortoise compound or I don't know, it seemed like in the garden or he would just, he was just around. And so even though. Like you don't have to like feel like you have to be any particular way. At least there's grace in all the extra stuff. But he, it, like the best start is just being home, like be yeah. around, be present. You can't disciple without really being fully present. I mean, there's exceptions to that. I know a lot of you guys who are listening who are serving in the military right now. Yeah. Too. Thank you. Yeah. Thank oh you for goodness, the sacrifice yes. you're making and the, the sacrifice your family's making. I get it. This is not the reality for everybody. Yeah. But if you're choosing to not be home to fill it up with time that just busy stuff dude stop doing that yeah (laughs) be home so you can disciple your kids and like i'll take my kid like i'll run i need to run to the store and grab a couple things i'll grab one of my kids with me hey Mm -hmm. come load up with me and there'll be 10 discipleship moments in that yeah those 20 minutes those 30 minutes it happened today on the way to soccer practice some person was just riding my butt on the way there (laughs) flashing their lights at me because they thought i was going too slow and all, you know, I just felt all the blood boil in me. And then I had to talk about to my son, why am I feeling this? Why I feel pride? Why I feel pride? Because this guy is telling me to go to do, you know, pull over, do something, mm-hmm. get out of my way. And as a man, I'm like, don't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And now what he's doing is he's actually speaking to my identity. The nerve that he's hitting is my identity. I'm not man enough. You're questioning my manhood. I know this is going deep because like, dude, what the, <laughs> but a lot of dudes feel this, right? Yeah. The road rage thing. 
Well, if you ask yourself, why does that make me so angry? Like, right. why are people so angry in the yeah. car? It's what literally people are being killed every day in road rage yeah. incidents. It's a pride thing. It's a man. You've questioned my man. And the core of it is you've questioned my man. Your life is more important than mine. Yeah. Your value, your time is more. It's just man versus man, you know? Mm. And I had to tell my son, where does our identity lie most? Who gets to tell us where our value is? And we've said this a bazillion times since he was a year old. And he knows God tells us who we are. Mm-hmm. I know who I am. I'm a beloved of God. I'm a son mm-hmm. of God. This guy does not get to determine my value. And so I get to practice having my anger go away because I have one person that identifies me. But anyway, all that to say that discipleship moment is not there. If you don't have them in the car, yeah. if you don't process that. And that's an easy thing. You're running to the store. Take one of your kids. Yeah. Hunt, gather, parent. We did a, a thing on Instagram where I was asking like, what has been your top parenting books that have been most impactful for your parenting? And uh, Hunt, gather, parent come up, came up one time, but that has been one of my most favorite because that, even though it's not a Christian book, a lot of it is in, she's talking about discipleship without knowing that it's mm-hmm. discipleship. Yeah. It's yeah, join me. Yeah. I'm making the bed. Join me. Yeah. I have to cook the, I have to unload the dishwasher. Join me. Mm-hmm. It's going to take longer join me, right? Mm -hmm. We don't involve our kids in most things because we can do it faster. Yeah. And the gospel principle would be God could do everything faster without you. Let me finish that thought because I was about to preach out. Dang, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying God could save the world without you. He could save your community. He could, everyone at your work could come to know him. He could save your kid. He could do everything without you. You slow things down and get in the way. But he wants to be with you. He wants you to join him in the kingdom work, in the dominion and the the being part of this restoration of the world. And so this is why we allow our kids to be part of it. I can make my bed faster, but I want my three-year-old to help me. I can unload the dishwasher faster, but I want my one-year-old to help me. To help me. Mm-hmm. I can unload the car faster, but I want my 11-year-old to help me. Right. So I'm doing this for the sake of discipleship. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Now you... That's okay. I was just I was just gonna say, like, if you've never lived outside of the United States or like kind of Western culture in general, well, even if you do just live here, you probably recognize that we just do things in a hurry. Like it's all about like being efficient and just getting things done quickly and the most convenient. And kids are super not convenient. And they (laughs) are They are, you know, what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Shocker. But they are more messy and they're slow and you have to slow down and teach them. And it's just easier to do everything without them. And we've kind of created this culture. I think she describes in the book, like they're just kind of in the grandstands or like up in the box, what she was describing, like a baseball game or something. Mm -hmm. And like, they're just up in the box 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 seats. And you're down there just putting on this whole production of like cleaning the house and making the food while you've sent them up to you know just watch basically they're watching a show or they're on their video game or whatever they do and you do all the things but then you get frustrated with them like why don't you help and why aren't you but like you've never taken them sorry not you guys but like me and kind of our culture in general but we don't take them under our wing and like disciple them in all of the things not just like once in a while teach them a good lesson but just like you have to make dinner literally every night nearly every night so they should be next to you and be doing all of it with you or they will never contribute and especially if you start them really young they really just developmentally they want to be helpers they are helpers and 
Um, so anyway, this book is really cool because it um, opens your eyes to really just the rest of the world. She traveled all around the world to the most remote places. And like, how do those people parent? Because every parenting book that you can check out is all like through the Western lens. And so this book is really different in that it's like, how does the rest of the world do it? Because the rest of the world's children, especially in these remote places, don't necessarily look like our kids in the way that they behave and the way that they oh, contribute man. to the household and other cultures. And, and again, I'm making generalizations. I know not every household here is that way. Not every household there is that way. But as a generalization, we don't do a good job at, at expecting our kids to contribute to run the household. I've seen, I've been in Africa and watched a room full of kids sit with yeah. attention at church yeah. for two hours. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. How are they doing? And that was kind of, she starts the book in similar observations. Yeah. Like, why are these kids doing things differently than our kids? And, and one of the points she makes is not to, I didn't mean to like for this to turn into a whole book review. The point is we've been parenting as Americans for a pretty short amount of time comparatively yeah. to the rest of the world yeah, <laughs> and rest of humanity. So to think that we've got this nailed, um, mm-hmm. pretty arrogant thing for us to do. Mm. I'm just going to, if you want to like, just note this in the podcast, I'll put this in the show notes, but here are some of the books that people recommended. Cause I know you guys are probably curious what the other ones were. The intentional father by John Tyson. He was on the show not too long ago, but if you have sons, that's a must read raising passionate Jesus followers by Phil and Diane Comer. It's like I said, it's like having sitting down with your really, really, really wise grandparents and having them teach you everything about parenting. <laughs> Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. That was recommended. I haven't personally read it. People really like it, it seems, but I've never read it. Habits of the Household by Justin Whitmill Early. Oh, boy. E-A-R-L-E-Y. All these are on your Instagram, right? That yeah. dot tired. But, yeah, but they're about to be gone by the time this is. Oh. Justin's been on the show. He, Justin's awesome. He's been on our show, did a wonderful job. And that's, people love that book. That came up a, mo- a few times. Risen mm-hmm. Motherhood, of course, good friends of mine. They put out a great book for moms talking about how all these kind of what feel like mundane tasks actually are gospel moments. M is for motherhood by Abby Halberstalt. Also a Harvest House publisher's book. I write my books with Harvest House. They're a great publisher. She's done that. That came up a few times. People loved it. Don't Make Me Count to Three by Ginger Hubbard. Parenting with Love and Logic. This one has over a million copies sold, but I will say I got a lot of mixed reviews on this in my DMs. People are like, mm. loved it. And some people are like, I don't like that oh, one. Really? I, don't, I don't know the author. I hope they never hear this, but I, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> take that for what you will. Hunt, Gather, Parent. We just gave a whole book review on it. And then Mama Bear Apologetics. Mm-hmm. She was on recently. Wonderful book. Mm-hmm. Another Horace House book, by the way. Wonderful book on, um, you know, empowering your kids to challenge cultural lies. Speaking of all cultural lies, people ask us, I think a lot of families are starting schooling right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, school's just such a big deal. I just want to say this. you do. We host Bible study for the moms at our house. You host Bible study. We open up our home so the women mm-hmm. can meet at our house. And I was accidentally overhearing all these women coming into our house, just kind of as you guys were welcoming each other. Mm-hmm. I promise I don't listen to you guys. I, know, I shut I the door. You know, as I'm trying to like get the kids wrangled upstairs so you guys can have some time, I'm just hearing how moms are like, you know, how was your day? How was your day? Kind of thing. Mm. And just the amount of tired Mm. that so many of you expressed. Mm -hmm. I just want to say, yeah, I just want to say all of us parents, dads, moms, maybe moms, especially for those of you who are staying home with your kids full time, it is so exhausting. And I just Mm -hmm. maybe just need to like hear right now, you're not alone. 
Mm-hmm. You being exhausted doesn't mean you're failing and every other family's probably got tons of energy and they're crushing it because you watch their Instagram and they're doing arts and crafts and learning all these things mm-hmm. that you should be doing. If you have young kids, it's an exhausting season. But like we were just saying before, it's just such kingdom work. Yeah. And like, please don't forget that the raising of your children just every day, the in <laughs> day in, day out, the like mundane, the wiping, the diapers, the clothes, the laundry, the dishes, the dinner again, like all of it feels just exhausting. But man, it's just such kingdom work. I just know, like, I, I feel like I can say with such confidence, Jesus would just be proud. Like for you that are just trying hard to point your kids to Jesus as often as you can, even when it feels like you're not doing anything or they don't, it doesn't make sense to them. And you're just tired. Like it's just the work you're doing is not in vain. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff we do that is in vain, but that work is yeah. not in vain. Yeah. And it really will have an impact for generations to come. So tired mom, tired dad, like keep running, man. Yeah. Hang in. <laughs> keep running. Yeah. I said on my Instagram that made me think about the Instagram I posted the other day, but Elijah's 11. He's our oldest. Mm-hmm. So I have an 11 year old boy and then three girls. And he stayed up late the other night. I was watching TV on the couch. He was sitting there and then he fell asleep. And so I tried to wake him up. I'm like, Hey buddy, you know, we're all going to bed. And he just, you know, he, he was in a, he was in a deep sleep. <laughs> so I just picked him up and carried him up the stairs. My 11 year old boy, who's literally just a few inches shorter mm-hmm. than me at this point. And you snapped a picture as mm-hmm. I was carrying him upstairs, which was really special. But I just felt this, like, I don't know. I had been thinking about that the next day and, carrying him up the stairs like that as I don't remember the last time I carried him up the yeah. stairs, you know, sleep. I try and pick him up. <laughs> I try and pick up the kids on their birthday. Just like, cause I don't know. I was struck one time. Sorry to interrupt your no, story, no, but no, I, no. I was struck one time with the thought that one of these times that I hold my baby will be the last time because I mean, you don't find moms really like picking up their 25 year old <laughs> child, you know? So if like, you do send me a picture. Yeah, that would be great. But like, but when was that last time, you know, mm. when does that stop? And I was just so sad about it. So I try and pick them up <laughs> and I'm not, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen me. I'm not super bulky and strong, but I, you know, I do. Okay. Try. Understatement of the year okay. over here. Just I'm, I'm a little bit scrawny, but I, I try and like, I've, I find myself like still wanting to kind of just pick them up and thinking, okay, whatever the last time was, that wasn't the last time because mm. I just did it right now. Yeah. But one of those is going to be the last time. Okay. I mean, you're just making everybody yeah. cry. Oh, I'm today. sorry. Yeah. I just was feeling like we have an 11 year old and nine year old. And for the last 11 years, nine years, we have poured out our lives to try to just like teach them. Every, we've homeschooled day in, day out. Just here's what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus. Poured our whole life. And then we ended up having a second set of babies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we now have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And I think subconsciously, I've kind of let off the gas with Mm -hmm. my nine-year-old and 11-year-old. Like, okay, I'm seeing some fruit. Mm -hmm. I can see like, you know, when people come over, like, wow, your kids, you know, they're great. They're really respectful. Mm -hmm. And And just naturally, they don't need us as much anymore. Right. They can feed themselves and put themselves to bed and all this stuff. And Mm -hmm. so just like, okay, now I've put so much attention on the little ones. But carrying him like that, I was reminded like, especially for my son, well, for both of them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's about to hit puberty as a man, a young man. And for me as his dad, he needs me more than ever. Yeah. And so I just w- encourage you guys, like, don't let off the gas. Yeah, That's what I was, was just as important, if not more. It's important, more important. More important. Yeah. I needed my dad more than ever at his age. Yeah. 
11, 12, 13, 14, mm-hmm. 15, 16, 17, mm-hmm. 18. I needed my dad badly. And even though your kid may feel like they don't need you because, you know, they're getting more independent or they should be. And yeah, it's the time to really press in, do those things together, take them to the store with you. You're going out to the garage to work on something, take them with you. Yeah. That's where the discipleship happens now. And I think just to wrap up here, kind of last thought topic is uh, I think now, you know, I've heard a lot of people that kind of a big topic in the Christian world is like, when do I send my kids out? When do I like protect them as like a missionary, you know, or protect them like from the world? And when do I send them out to the world kind of thing? Right. And uh, I don't know the answer to that, but I do feel. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) read read one of those books I suggested. Maybe they said. I don't know the answer to that fully. I will say this, you know, I've heard people say, you know, we're sending them there as a missionary and they're like five. And I'm like, ah, maybe. They're you probably, mean like when people are debating like public school, homeschool, That's a big reason, school. yeah. It yeah, could be I've anything. Heard, it could yeah. be friends. It could be, but school yeah, is obviously yeah. the biggest one. Right. Yeah. Sending them to this school because I'm sending them to, uh, to be a missionary there or. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know. Like the analogy that I would say is I've met a lot of young Christians who I would never send into the quote unquote mission field as a full-time mission. They're just not like, I want you to spend some more time really understanding your own identity in Jesus before you go out. And that's not always the case. You know, Jesus sometimes just sent people. (laughs) You're saved now go. And maybe for your kids, you're just like, no, my kid, you know, we're sending them out into the world go. Mm -hmm. And uh, that may make sense. But I think for a lot of our kids, there needs to be a season, a long season of them really understanding their identity, the gospel, who they are, security at home who they are within their family in christ and then it's like okay now that they have kind of that foundation i feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. yeah even though i'm still terrified Mm -hmm. sending my 9 and 11 year old out into the real world i'm terrified of it but i do feel more comfortable like Mm -hmm. i think they're they have a more firm foundation of who they are what our family values are what following jesus looks like in real life yeah. But. And some people can front load that discipleship. You're keeping them home or you're homeschooling. And some people just, that's simply not an option. And so your time with them will just have to be more intentional and uh, spending that time like after school and on the weekends and making sure you have margin to do that, not filling your calendar with a bunch of what they called vain work. Yeah. Layla used the word mixtape. I don't even think she did that on purpose, but there really is a dad tired book coming out called the dad tired mixtape. It's kind of a follow up to the first dad tired and loving it book. It's not even available for pre-sale. So I really, I don't think I'm supposed to talk about it mm-hmm. or anything, but since we already brought it up, mm-hmm. it is similar to kind of the conversation we had, like, where should I, how do I, do I think about schooling for my kids or what church should we go to? Or how do I deal with in-laws or how do we deal with sex in our marriage? And all these oh, like, that's a big one, very pressing questions that most couples are thinking about families mm-hmm. are thinking about. And so I try to hit all of those as many big ones as I could mm-hmm. in that book. So. so you don't even need to read it like front to back. It's kind of, you can like yeah. skip to this part only in-laws are coming. What is this chapter about? Yeah. in-laws? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, that just kind of flag that in your brain. That book is coming and I'm praying that that's helpful for you when that releases. All right. Thank you. Our three-year-old walked in with some Pringles. So she's... You want to say hi? <laughs> she does not. Okay. Uh, we've got a lot more discipleship to do apparently. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for listening. I know today was a hodgepodge. If you made it all the way through, thank you for being part of the Dietary community. We love you. Thanks, Layla. It was good to see you with a microphone in front of your face again. I know you add a lot of value to our listeners thank you love you love you love you guys this got weird (laughs) love Love everybody (laughs) in the world peace (laughs) and love all right guys see you guys next week